Welcome to another episode of Wade the Elephant. My guests tonight are... Hi, I'm Garrett. Hey, I'm Angie. Really? All right, and I'm Kier. So, tonight, what are we going to be talking about? The end of the world? No, Angie, not the end of the world. COVID-19? That's right, Garrett. COVID-19, which may be the end of the world. We'll find out eventually, I guess. Uh, Angie, you have some questions for us, yes. do you not? Yes, I do. Okay. Question number one. Trump has referred to the virus as the Chinese virus. <laughs> People have responded that this virus is not race-related, but Trump has argued that it does come from China. What are your thoughts? Is it wrong of him to say that? And are people looking too far into his statement? Well, my opinion is, um, I, I'll be honest, I'm allergic to political correctness. I, I've heard him say China virus, and I'm reminded of my father who like couldn't get a name right. In his later years, uh, he hardly ever got somebody's name right the first 10 times he met them. Like he was just notorious for screwing up the pronunciation of something or remembering something the wrong way. And I just... I'm pretty sure he didn't know my name for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so he, he, he didn't... He came from a generation where they didn't mince words and they didn't worry about what everybody was going to think uh, uh, about the way you said it. They just said it how it was. And Donald Trump is 70 years old and he says things like they are uh, at the end of the day i look at it um and i'm not saying that he's right or he's wrong i'm not saying that people nobody should be offended oh grow I'm, I'm saying if you were offended by that i can understand why you would be offended by that but the idea that it's inciting people to racism like somebody watched an Asian person walk down the road and decided that they were going to say something insulting to them because Donald Trump called it the China virus just seems a bit of a stretch for me. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be a little bit more aware of what he says, but in 1920, the Spanish flu was called the Spanish flu. Uh, there's been several diseases that have been named after the area that it originated in. Um, at the end of the day, I don't really care if he calls it China virus. If it originated in China and he calls it that, I understand what he's saying. He's talking about the virus that came over here from China, from mainland China. If that's offensive to some people, I get it. You're offended, but guess what? You're going to be the people that are offended by that are offended by everything. That doesn't mean that people shouldn't work on being less offensive, but it means that there's always going to be people out there that are looking for a reason to be offended, especially if you don't like the guy already. Of course you're going to look for a reason to dislike him. I think a, I think a lot of it is people are looking for another reason to dislike him. And I'm not saying that the right nomenclature for this disease is to say China virus or to say coronavirus or to say COVID-19. I think trying to get Donald Trump to realize by being, you know, one of the, the reporters in the press corps who's going to be like, excuse me, sir, uh, do you think that maybe by calling it, if you think that all of a sudden Donald Trump's going to have an epiphany and go, 
I never thought of it that way. Thank you, random. <laughs> thank you, random reporter, for pointing that out. From now on, I will make a conscious effort. Like especially Donald random Trump, liberal reporter who has already got it in for me. Donald Trump is who he is, right or wrong. He's not going to change his ways. Now, I don't want anyone to misconstrue this into me saying like, yeah, you know what? Anybody who is of Asian descent who is getting, you know, discriminated against, if there's people that are out there randomly like assaulting or even even just mistreating somebody of of yeah. uh, of uh, Asian descent, there's something wrong with that person, not Absolutely. the not the individual of Asian descent. So, I am not in any way shape or form condoning that. But as far as trying to change Donald Trump from being who he is, it's never going to happen. He's going to he's going to keep tweeting random stupid shit. He's going to say random stupid shit. Right now, with everything that's going on, we're all just trying to deal with it. And if you're going to make your front page story about how he called it China virus, isn't there other things that we could be reporting on in regards to this other than just the wording that he chose? Yeah. So. I guess that's my thoughts on it. How about you? Uh, are you answering questions or just yes, asking? Yes, I'm answering. Oh. I guess I don't really care that much because, like, knowing who Trump is as a person, like, he talks out of his ass a lot about certain things, and the media portrays him to be bad, and people look into every little thing he says. But I could see why people would be offended, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make me have some phobia of, like, Asian or Chinese descent people because I get what he's trying to say. So I guess it doesn't really bother me as much as it might bother other people. Um, but at the end of the day, hashtag he's still our president. Thank you. Right. Question two. How do you feel about some people just comparing this virus to the flu? I think it's natural to make comparisons, right? You're going to be comparing things, especially when you're talking about uh, mortality rates and things like that. I think it's natural for people to downplay it by saying, hey, you know, the common seasonal flu has, you know, this number of fatalities. Whether they're doing that in a way to try and maybe calm some subconscious anxieties that they have themselves where they're like, you know, this is kind of big and I'm hearing about it everywhere, but I'm calming myself or I'm reminding myself that the seasonal flu has this many fatalities. We still don't know what this is going to all evolve into. I mean, we are now, uh, what is today? The 26th, 27th? It's the 27th. 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 Of March. And within the last week and a half, we have seen, I mean, right now we're in Minnesota and at 11.59 p.m., Tonight, we are supposed to all go to shelter in place, right? So this is something nobody has ever experienced before. I'm going to be 44 here in a couple of weeks. And in my lifetime, I've never experienced something where businesses are shut down. They, We were just talking earlier about how playgrounds have got, literally have got police tape around them saying, hey, you can't even take your kids to the park and go play on playground equipment. So... For people to compare it to other things, again, to make comparisons is a natural natural thing to do. For those of the people that are doing it in a way to kind of downplay it, I don't know if it's consciously or maybe subconsciously. They're doing it because they, they may have some certain level of fear that they're just trying to be like, well, you know, we're not at those numbers yet. 
you know, what happens if we get to the point where we're like, well, we're well past those numbers. This is a real thing, you know? I mean, it's a real thing regardless, but I think the comparisons come from that place, at least for sure. my, my point of view. I would say, um, first of all, um, having medical professionals in my family, it's been explained to me that coronavirus is a novel virus, which means that it's a virus that mutated from animals into a, basically mutated into a virus that can be transmitted to humans. Um, what makes that more dangerous is that we don't have any point of reference for it. We don't know how um, deadly it is until hindsight. Uh, the other thing is that we don't have, our bodies don't have any antibodies or any immunity built up for a novel virus because it's something new. Uh, when it comes to the flu, when it comes to common colds, our bodies have a certain amount of natural resistance to it because they've encountered our, our the you know our immune systems have encountered uh, those or similar strains of of, of bacteria or virus. Um, that's what makes it scary is the unknown. What I do want to point out is that when you look at the numbers from China, it it's not that bad. It, and I'm not saying that it couldn't be. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be aware. I'm not saying we shouldn't be doing shelter in place. I like the idea of dropping the curve down. I have elderly family members that I don't want to lose because we are cavalier about what is going on. Um, so I, I'm in favor of that. I'm not in, I, I don't want to go too far ahead because I know we have a lot of questions. But what I want to say is <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm not that much more afraid of coronavirus than other viruses. But then again, I'm also a 39-year-old male who is doesn't have any other medical conditions to make me susceptible. I'm not asthmatic. I'm not uh, uh, diabetic. I'm not any of the other things that make me more predisposed to it. But my mom is 65, and I love her dearly, and I don't want to see her get it and have something terrible happen. Um, so I recognize that I recognize what medical professionals are saying, and I respect what they say enough to take it seriously. But of course, on the inside of me, I'm like, this is a bunch of crap. Like, uh, we're all panicking uh, over nothing. We're all panicking over something that. And and I do also have to say this: we're all we keep looking to Italy, and the fact is, Italy is being hit really hard. Uh, three real quick points: number one, Italy has by far the oldest population in Europe. The average age of uh, people that are deceased in in Italy from the coronavirus is 81 years old. Uh, they refuse to use the South Korean drug that has been working wonders over there because it's not approved by the World Health Organization. And number three, uh, the majority of um, the majority of their elderly have smoked their whole life, so their lungs are already in a much more weakened state. So. Uh, we can't compare ourselves to Italy. Compare ourselves to South Korea. Look at the mortality rate in South Korea and recognize that um, we're going to pull through this, I believe. But by all means, take the shelter seriously. Uh, do what you're supposed to. Live the way that we're being asked to live for a couple weeks and, and watch it play out. I would be lying if I didn't say, like, when it first, like, came to the U.S. and, like, was happening... I was one of those people who's like, it's just like the flu, like, it's fine. And being young, it was another reason that I wasn't as worried about it. But as things have, like, escalated and things have been put in place and, like, businesses have shut down, it's allowed me to understand more that, like, 
the flu is treatable with like meds. Like if someone has influenza, you get Tamiflu, you got like two weeks and you're fine. Like this is a virus that isn't being easily treated and it takes a lot of money and funding to fight something like this. And also like working in a nursing home is different because if it was just the flu, your family could still come and like they would be able to see their loved ones and like that's not happening and they don't get to eat meals with each other and they don't get to have activities. And so I think it's much more and we have to like focus on that. So I think people who are still comparing it to the flu are probably young and ignorant. Um, and the only way this is going to like work or play out in the best way is if we all kind of like have the same viewpoint on it. Yeah, because even the comparisons to the flu, they're comparing, they're comparing basically just the mortality rate. Mm -hmm. That's what they're comparing. Mm -hmm. There's never been a seasonal flu where they're just like, we're just shutting down shops. We're going to yeah. not allow visitors in places. So it's yeah. already different in so many ways. Yeah. Will it be the same in mortality rate? Will it be worse? Will it be better? I don't know. But that's when people compare. They're basically saying, like, the flu kills this many people. It's kind of that one bullet point they focus on. Yeah. And I think that's, like, one thing people focus on, too, is, like, to get over the anxiety and, like, maybe the paranoia about what's happening. But I guess I've looked at it with I can only focus on, like, what I can control. Because if I sit here and think, like, I could get it at any moment, like that's no way of living either, you know, like mind over matter. Like sometimes if you think something's going to happen, then it does happen. So, okay. Question three, what are your thoughts on people hoarding toilet paper? Well, <laughs> let me start by saying that it all started because when the coronavirus hit Australia, Australia does not have any toilet paper factories. They don't make any toilet paper on the continent. So, they imported and basically uh, American exporters saw an opportunity to sell some extra toilet paper and they cut us short for a short period of time you combine that with public hysteria and suddenly people are like wait a minute there's a limited amount of toilet paper we need to buy all the toilet paper and it created this ridiculous situation but most people don't know that it originated with Australia ordering up extra toilet paper there's more to this than just a whole bunch of people going there's an upper respiratory infection I need more toilet paper it was more of a whenever you have a situation where people are genuinely afraid of something and there and, and something even unrelated happens people are going to react so and, and from what I understand it's already getting better um, simply because enough people have a room full of toilet paper that they're not shopping anymore. So it's kind of worked itself. It's not like everybody got smart suddenly and decided that they would do the right thing. It's just that enough idiots have stocked up on it that now it's starting to uh, flatten itself out again, is my opinion. Do you want to go next or you want me to? You can go. Okay, my response to this question, genius. The toilet paper hoarders, just kidding. Uh, it's, it, it's weird. It's again, to make comparisons to other, you know, illnesses that go around. I've never, ever been in stores and seen empty shelves the way that there are now. And the, the thing is, it's not necessarily just that this disease, it's people's response to this disease. And I know that this is, a, I think one of the other questions that's coming up, but yeah, the whole toilet paper thing. Going to the store, we're not short on toilet paper at my house, but if I went to the store and I saw 
a roll of toilet paper or one package of toilet paper, I might be like, well, I don't know when I'll see it again, so you're going to buy it, right? And so you do have the people who literally have a shopping cart piled full, but then you have the people who are like, well, I'm going to buy it when I see it because I'm at, you know, even though I don't necessarily need it right now, I don't know if I'll see it again because I know I've seen empty shelves before. And and that's not just with the toilet paper, but other things. Uh, I uh, our friend Joel, who uh, is down in Arkansas, he delivers produce to grocery stores, and he said that uh, a week ago he had said when he had delivered to a Walmart, one of the the managers, the receiving manager, had said they've done more business in that week than they've done in the last sixteen Black Fridays, sixteen years of Black Fridays. They did more, they've done more business in that, just that one store than that store has seen in 16 Black Fridays. And it it's all because of this panic buying. It's, you know, not yeah. necessarily that they need There's it, no but ramen. they're like, There's yeah. no ramen noodles. Like, what? It's crazy. Yeah, so. Yeah, um, I think the whole thing is crazy. Like, when you're looking at comparing the symptoms of, like, H1N1, the Spanish flu, like, the normal flu, like, a lot of symptoms do line up, but like when looking at COVID-19, like shitting yourself is really rare on the list of symptoms and how much toilet paper, toilet paper does a person actually need. But like I've seen stores now where it's like limit is one and like you see the memes that like have like the older generation. It's like think next time you're like, you know, buying in bulk. And it's really true because I was in Walgreens the other day looking for toilet paper as someone who actually needed it, not like a hoarder. And some young chick, like, runs to the counter with, like, three rolls in her hands. And she's like, I got to stock up, you know, for this two-week quarantine. And then I was like, okay, well, maybe there's some here. And as I get down to the aisle, there's two, there's an older couple, like, buying Kleenex and scamming the shelf because this, like, young chick took them and ran to the counter. And it's just like, you're a selfish bitch. Like, who are you? Like, I don't know. I think it's ridiculous and I can see why there's, like, panic, but, like, it's a respiratory disease, so, like, the memes have said, like, if you're crapping that much, you probably should have, like, seen a doctor a long time uh, ago, but it's true, so yeah. and, it's and dumb. That is the saddest part of it, is you have, you know, the elderly population like that, who are not only more susceptible to this, but also, you know, people have said, I've heard on other shows, and I've seen things about how, like, most people, if you got a bathroom, you got a shower, right? If you really didn't have toilet paper, and you mm -hmm. took a nasty crap... Hop in the shower and clean up. Well, guess what? If you're the elderly person, that's not as easy for you to do as the young person who's running up to the counter with all the rolls of toilet paper. Like, you could probably hop in the shower pretty quick and be out in, what, a minute and a half, two minutes? About that elderly half. person, it's going to take a little bit more, and they're going to risk slipping and hurting and breaking their hip. Why don't you, you know, think about others? Yeah. I, one other point I want to make is that um, in years past, I am a skeptic when it comes to 90% of conspiracy theories and like, have you guys heard though? I, I don't want to be off subject, but have you heard about how like, um, there's a hundred and some thousand sealed indictments and now all of the world leaders and Hollywood elites are going to be, uh, taken care of because they're all pedophiles and all these sealed indictments are coming out and we're all being locked in for the quarantine until, uh, the Patriots can take over and we're going to have a new world order and they're going to reset the money. Oh, it's a wonderful ridiculous idea but for all the people out there that believe that more power to you i simply want to point this out if you wonder why our government keeps secrets from us if you wonder why if there ever was alien contact that they don't let us know 
Watch how people reacted to a virus that has less than 2% mortality rate. And it's only focused, the mortality rate is completely focused on people who have pre-existing comorbidity issues. If you can look at that and see the way that people are freaking out, imagine if our government really exposed everything that goes on. The general public cannot handle it. And in the past, I would say that and people would get offended and be like, people are generally, you know, they have good heads on their shoulders. They're, they're reasonable. And it's like, oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, after a situation like this, I think my case is stronger than ever that if there are aliens, uh, there's a reason why we don't get to hear about it because people but would lose their minds. Isn't there a meme of, it's a line from Men in Black where Tommy Lee Jones is saying to, uh, Will Smith, as he's bringing them in in the first one, he's saying something like, you know, because Will Smith is like, no, people are smart. And he's like, a person can be smart. People in general are dumb, you know, animals that reacted yeah. to the herd mentality. Yes. And and I also, I just made a Facebook post yesterday that said, when I worked with livestock, we would spook them to get them to go where we want and do what we want. And it feels familiar. You throw a little bit of fear out there and you can convince the mass population to do uh, what you want them to do in the moment. And they will forget about common sense and just follow the next lemming off the cliff. And I'm not saying that in any way that we shouldn't be following the shelter in place. I'm going to follow it. I'd rather be safe than sorry. I would also say that if this little vapor that we call a life is that important to you that you're going to uh, error on the side of caution, you might want to think that way when you consider eternity, but that's for another podcast. Okay, next question. COVID-19 is a respiratory virus, therefore the spread would be airborne. However, while in public, I've noticed more people wearing gloves than masks. What are your thoughts on this? I've seen a handful of people wearing masks. I guess I haven't noticed gloves uh, as far as, like, latex gloves or the nitro gloves. Um, but even the, the masks I heard or saw things where it was like, wear the masks if you have the symptoms, not mm -hmm. to protect yourself from mm -hmm. somebody else who may have the symptoms. So it, it, it's not, uh, it's not widespread yet. Like I said, I've only seen maybe three, four people tots. But I know in, uh, well, in Asian cultures, prior to all this stuff, it was it's normal for people to wear ever masks since SARS, all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah, SARS. ever since SARS, which was however many years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think it will. Well, there's the shortage of masks as well, but I mean, people are have got the one at least one of them that I saw looked like it was a homemade one. Uh, but I think it's going to become more prevalent, and I think it's going to possibly be that way going forward. Even if this dies off, I think. Just like Asian countries do with SARS, you know, yeah. like you said, ever since SARS have had that as kind of a norm, I think it'll be come a norm. I'm I'm gonna request one thing for anybody that decides to wear a mask. Um, take a little time and fashion yourself a really fancy tinfoil hat to go with it, because you're a moron. I'm sorry, you you, you don't need a mask that, huh? in public. When I walk by you in Walmart and you have an N95 on, I, in my mind, I'm like, uh, I could convince them of some things that would be very beneficial to me. 
Like you, you're wearing a mask in public. It, it's just ridiculous. Like you said, if I had symptoms, I could see putting a mask on to prevent the spread of it. But the idea that I'm walking through Walmart with an N95 mask on, um, with no symptoms, it's overkill. But to be okay, just to play the devil's advocate, you see them in passing, right? You're you're saying in an example of you passing them in Walmart, you can't make judge then and know for a fact that this person doesn't have severe asthma, and they're just taking precautions. Fair enough, you know. But you have a much better chance of contracting this virus by rubbing your eyes than you do by breathing. Okay. So, no, I might be wrong. <laughs> no, but they say don't touch your face. Why do you think they say don't touch your face? You know? Okay, I'm jumping in. All right. You probably shouldn't touch your face all the time anyway. Uh, that's oily and gross. Just saying that. That happened before this virus. But second, like, even the guy who delivered pizza tonight had gloves on and that makes sense they're delivering your food like but the people i've seen in public who are like gloves are only as clean as the last thing you touch well and the thing is too is you see people in public wearing gloves touching every different thing and real protocol if you're wearing gloves and you touch one thing when you're finished you take it off so it's like contamination of everything so first of all it's just stupid if you're not doing that and it's like the people i see wearing masks or gloves they're the ones that are also, like, hoarding things. And in my head, it's like, you're probably not an essential employee. You probably can stay home. And someone who works in a nursing home, we're short on all those supplies, working with a population that actually needs us protected. I'm someone coming in from the outside. There are people with underlying conditions at an older age. Like, my facility can't even get sanitizer in for, like, another month. And it's, it's hard when people are just, ignorant and don't think about like other people and they're not really thinking the whole thing through and so I think the whole gloves and masks thing is beyond ridiculous especially because I would hope if you're sick or if you're showing symptoms or if you're someone who has severe asthma in a time like this you would have the common decency to just stay home and for some people who have to go to work you can't stay home but if you can and you're sick and you don't need to go out then quit wasting supplies for people that actually need them. Yes. Okay. All right. Next question. What do you... Okay, yeah, you kind of started to talk about this. What do you find scarier or more concerning, the virus itself or people's reaction and behavior to the virus? Well, I do not know of anyone personally that has tested positive for it. And Do you even know anybody that knows someone? No, and I was just going to say, I don't know anybody that knows anybody that knows anybody. So I can't even tell you how many degrees of separation between me and somebody who actually has tested positive for it. Now, I know that naturally there are people who have somebody close to them or they themselves have it. But to me, what's scarier is definitely right now, at this moment in time, the reaction to it, the way that people are responding to it. We've already discussed the toilet paper situation. The Like I said, I've never, ever, ever been in a Walmart and seen empty shelves, empty, like, aisles. Not just like, oh, hey, this section is out. Yeah, like Brawny, Brawny had a shortage. No, yeah. everything. Yeah, everything is gone. Uh, I The other weekend, I had been working in the yard, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to 
finish up and I'm going to run to Walmart and I'm going to grab a steak because I want a steak dinner tonight. And I went and there was one T-bone steak, two filet mignon steaks in the entire beef meat section. No ground beef, no hamburger, no nothing, nothing. And I was just like, that was, that was the first time I was in there where it had really changed. And the thing was, it had changed in days because I was there either the day or two days before and it wasn't like that and I came in and I was like oh wow it's funny because before this my mom my sister and I have been planning on splitting a cow and uh it at the time I remember thinking to myself like this is really like economically viable but since the this COVID-19 I'm like this is preparedness like this. It takes on a whole different level uh, for me because before that I was just like, yeah, you know, before that it was like, you know what? Basically we're saving like a couple bucks a pound yeah. on ground Basically, beef or we're saving a couple bucks here, but well, it I, wasn't, no, we'll have something that we can't get yeah, somewhere else. After doing the math, I was like, basically I'm going to buy up uh, an entire cow, and about 40 to 50% of it's going to be ground beef, because that's what they do with the you know stew meat. Yeah. And this is going to cost me, on average, about 4 bucks a pound, which is what ground beef goes for. So I'm going to get my T-bones, my fillets, my ribeyes, my uh, uh, like everything you can, all the good cuts of meat, all of that at 4 bucks a pound. So I'm making a great deal. This is a great deal. And now suddenly I realize that having a deep freeze... And buying in bulk, you know, um, is wise more than just economically. So we're looking into other things that we can do to where if this ever happens again, I understand more and more living off the grid and understanding that our society as it is, is literally one week away from collapse. Literally one week away. If, if hysteria were to come through any worse than it has, and other things were to be bought out. Imagine if you were at the mercy of a bunch of scared people and you needed something. Um, you are either going to be turned down by average people or taken advantage of by opportunists. So Yeah, right now we're talking about uh, <clears throat> toilet paper shortages. Imagine if it was gasoline. Oh, yeah. What if all of a sudden it was like, you know, yes. back in the 70s, the gra- you know, gasoline crisis, and all of a sudden it's like, no, there's no gas here. And yeah. you don't know, you know, you find out about the one gas station that has gas and, and that's gone in an hour. And, because... and now your family has symptoms and you have to get to a hospital. And the only hospital that can treat them is 45 miles away and you have less than an eighth of a tank of gas. Um, that's that's a real crisis. You know, that's exactly what I'm saying, too, is that I am much more fearful of people's reactions. And I am much less um, confident in the goodness of others after watching uh, situations unfold the way they have. Especially, and I flat out, I'm just going to say it, in urban areas. Nobody's fist fighting for toilet paper in Mankato, New Ulm, or Fairmont. But take your butt up to the Twin Cities and you'll witness some craziness in more urban areas. I don't know why that is. I'm not going to speak on that. But it's just, it is what it is. So, especially in more populated areas, I would be even more fearful of the reaction than the virus my opinion um i think like of course the virus is 
scary itself in a way because we don't know what it is and we don't have like an instant treatment for it and people are dying of like different ages which is concerning but as someone who like works on the front lines like I gown and glove a lot for MRSA for C. diff for influenza so it's like I'm already faced with things that could you know infect me and could kill me so but like watching this whole thing play out it's definitely people's behavior that is scarier to me like we're hoarding and we're panic buying and the media plays a big part in that but I don't know it's crazy to think about like I think here you were the one telling me that Fleet Farm like sold the most ammo like yeah when somebody, was that? somebody had told me again it was about a week ago and somebody had said that they uh had talked to you or they'd been into Fleet Farm and they had said they <laughs> sold more ammunition in that one day since that store's been open in Mankato and it's been open for at least three years now so 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 yeah it makes day, you like yeah. wonder what people like what's going through their mind like are people gonna start looting like the next person that coughs near you like are you just gonna like you know bust a cap in their ass like I don't know what's gonna happen like I think like when you like watch a scary movie the person that like screams first and like runs away and does some really stupid shit they're always the person that like dies first but like the person that like really thinks about it and plays their cards right and stays calm like they survive and like i i feel like that's what this virus is like if you feed into the panic and you do all this stupid shit like something could happen to you whether it's the virus or not your dumb behavior is going to cause some sort of reaction so it's like we just need to stay calm and like focus on like the bigger goal here so I do one last thing, too, is I told my mom that she needs to file for a license to purchase a firearm. And when somebody said, why? I said, because when things get really bad, those who don't have firearms will be at the mercy of those that do. And I would like to believe that the government's going to be able to keep everything under control and going to be able to uh, maintain order, but I don't want to bet my life on it. Next question. Um, in the midst of everything horrible happening, do you believe this virus has done anything positive for the world? Yes, absolutely. People don't take things for granted like they do like they did two weeks ago. And I hope they don't go back to that. I hope I don't go back to that. I hope we recognize, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother, on my father's side especially, were exceptional human beings because they survived the Great Depression. And they never forgot what it was like to do without. And they lived their lives in a way to where they would have been completely prepared for this. They canned their own food. They grew their own animals and vegetables. They, they were self-sufficient. They truly believed that a penny saved is a penny earned. And an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I think the baby boomers and us Generation Xers and Millennials have gotten so comfortable because there has never been a situation that brought us to our knees in a short period of time and showed us just how much we take for granted. And when I look at now, uh, my grandfather and my grandmother's ways, their wisdom rings so much more true than it ever has before. And um, I just recognize now why they were as disciplined as they were, why they were as conservative. I don't mean politically. 
I mean no wasting. You don't throw anything away that could still be used. You don't you don't take things for granted. You live on what you have. You save up what you don't need. You don't you don't spend what you don't need. I just look now and I'm like, wow. What I used to think was a little unnecessary suddenly seems really prudent. And I'm very and like I recognize that this is something that we could be thankful for. That we could um spend the next, you know, how many years um, remembering uh, the great COVID-19 outbreak and remember not to take stuff for granted, not to live in a way to where you, you know, I, I more than anything now, um, if everything were to shut down tomorrow, what are the things that I would need and how prepared am I? Uh, and the answer until a couple weeks ago was uh, grossly unprepared. Um, boy, I remember I used to think that people were crazy that had a generator. My friend Chris up in the cities put in a natural gas generator uh, so that if the power ever went out, they could power their own home and they could almost feed a little bit of power back to the grid. And I remember thinking, wow, that's really cool that you guys are so prepared. In no way did I ever comprehend that there might come a time when you need it for something more than just, oh, a breaker blew and it's going to take a couple days for XL to get the power back on. Like, no, these people are truly prepared. And it, it now I recognize the mentality behind it. And it doesn't seem so crazy now. So I think that's a very big positive. Sadly, I think that most Americans, as soon as things start to get back to normal, will completely forget about this. But I won't. I think uh, you can see it on Facebook. I know a lot of people have posted... Uh, things along the lines of if during all of this, if there's anything you need, whether it's a loaf of bread, a gallon of milk, whatever, you know, private message me and I'll do what I can, no questions asked, and help out. And I've seen a lot of people post that. Uh, and I hope the people that are posting that aren't just posting it because it's like, yeah, that's what everyone else is posting. Like, I hope they truly mean that. And if somebody does reach out to them, that they'll do what they can. <clears throat> uh, so I think that humanity has definitely shown it's true colors through this but at the same time there's also the fear of like right now it has but what if all of a sudden it gets to the point where somebody's like hey i may have posted that two three weeks ago or four a month ago or however long this plays out but uh don't even come near my doorstep now because times have definitely changed and so there there is that fear that humanity could turn ugly like we've already talked about people are buying up ammunition whether they're planning on using it to go and loot or they're just saying like i'm making sure nobody's coming and looting me um but i have seen definitely there's uh here in town pub 500 had put out a post about how they were going to put together basically of little meal baskets and free of charge and if you want one you did it through their website or whatever and within like an hour they they posted and they're like we are overwhelmed and we wish that we could do more but basically they're all spoken for and we really hope that you know uh other people can help in the same kind of way and it's really neat that they're doing stuff like that but i also at the same time wish there could be a way to be like do you really need this are you just a guy who's like free meal cool yeah. like i can just get some free five pub 500 food like i want that to be going to you know and it's it I, I don't put that on them at all. Like, what they did was great. Uh, but I hope that 
there isn't somebody out there who's just like, hey, man, I could get a free meal, but I don't really need it. Like, my belly's full, but cool, I could save it for tomorrow. Like, I know that there are families who truly, you know, people are out of work now. You know, um, I'm considered an essential employee. We all are, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have regular paychecks going forward uh, no matter what happens. I don't think anything would change in our industries where they would say, well, you're not essential anymore. Uh, so I don't have a fear of all of a sudden paycheck stopping. But for the families that do, I've seen the things like that. Like I said, the example that Pub 500 did that, and I know other places are uh, doing it. And, and you can view that however you want to view it. You can view it as like, well, the food would go bad, so they're doing it. But they're doing it, right? Yeah. You know, they, they're doing it, and they're making the effort to do it. So... Yes, granted, it, that food isn't going to stay good forever, so they have to get rid of it. But the fact that they're doing it in that way, where they're like, "Just give us your number, and we'll." Make How about the fact that they said we've reached our limit? That means that somebody else could be going without if you took advantage of it. You know, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but yeah, that. I just feel like, in a way, this virus has been like a shitty lesson to like teach us how to be good people, because like. Like you've said, there's, like, posts, like, get a free meal, or, like, kids are still able to, like, get their school lunches, and, like, I'm part of this group on Facebook, it's called A World of Hearts, and just, like, constant posts, like, every day, you know, of people, like, putting hearts on their window to, like, spread love, and there's, like, yeah, and it's, like, nothing like that would have probably ever happened if something like this didn't smack us in the face, and it's not even just, like, we as people, like, I've seen posts where, like, the earth itself is healing, too. Like, I saw a post in Venice, like, the rivers are the clearest they've ever been. Like, there's less pollution. Animals are coming closer to the shore. And so, it's, I definitely think a lot of positive has come from this. But it's sad that it took something, like, this shitty to, like, make us realize, like, you should help out your neighbor. And, like, if someone needs help, you should be there. And... You know, you probably shouldn't, like, throw your pop can out the window and, like, litter. So, I don't know. I think it's definitely done a lot of good as much as it probably has done bad, so. I think it's exposed a lot of um, the good in people and the bad in people. I think it's shown us. Right. Um, Where people's morals sides. are at. Like, yeah. who cares I, and who doesn't. I know of somebody who the school lunches in my hometown are offering they're like, hey, if anybody needs, if any kids need lunches, and I know of like a couple of people that uh, claim double, and they're like doubling up. Mm -hmm. And if you really need it, that's cool. Right. If you don't need it, it's it's wrong. Right. You know, and um, there's always going to be the people out there that are willing to go out of their way and feed those lunches, and there right. are always going to be people out there that are looking for a way um, to get over on that program. Um, and we shouldn't judge society by either one of those singularly. Yeah, I would agree. And, like, I am definitely, like, haven't, like, hoarded on toilet paper. But, like, I would say I've probably stocked up on food more than I usually would. Sure. Just for the thought of, like, being in the store and being like, well, what if it's not here next time I come and, like, I actually do need it. But, like, I also would be the first person that if someone was like, I don't have a meal tonight or I need this, like, I would gladly give it up because it's like, I don't need it, but I have it. And if you need it, like, you can. So I think it really just depends on the person. And I hope it doesn't go back to, like, the way it was after this is maybe, you know, all over. All right. Okay, next question. 
I think it's fair to say that people of the younger generation are probably not taking this as seriously. I feel a lot have acted in a way that the virus mainly targets old people. And who cares because they're old and they'll die soon, right? Do you believe that this is fucked up? I do. Uh, I haven't seen it in person, but I saw on the news all the things where they're like, spring break, and they're still just doing whatever they want. And they would even actually interview some people and be like, so what are your thoughts? And they're like, I've been waiting my whole life for this spring break. I'm not going to let anything mess it up. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and they literally just have the attitude of like, even if I got it, I might get a little you know, cough, but it's not going to kill me. Like, it is fucked up that they... they and if it does, yeah. YOLO! Yeah. Sorry. I don't know much more to say than, yeah, it's a little fucked up. If, um, That in particular. Like I said, I haven't seen it in person. I haven't run into people who are just like, I don't care. I, uh, I'm going to defend the younger generation for a second. Um, Not on this, but a lot of times in my life I've been harder on the generations younger than me. And the older I get, the more I realize that's how the generations older than me treated me. And by the grace of God, today, I'm not who I was 20 years ago. And I believe that the younger generation right now is wrong. The ones that have the mentality of old people are going to die anyway. But that's what the younger generation is. Typically, the, a large number, I was a horrible person at 20 years old. And a lot of my friends were, too. But guess what? They're not at 40. Um, and not everybody's horrible at 20. Uh, Angie, you're awesome. You have a great sense of morals. Um, you're responsible. You're um, a beacon for your generation. But you are the uh, exception and not the rule, um, which makes you even more valuable. But what I'm saying simply is, I'm going to cut them some slack in this one because in their ignorance, they don't realize that um, the elderly need to be protected right now. I'm old enough to recognize that. But if <laughs> when I was 20 years old, I'd be like, I'm not stopping my life because some old people, you know. Um, and you're not going to shame them into changing their ways no. by just looking down on them and saying, like, you're being mm. inconsiderate. And the day's uh, going to come when they're sitting in my shoes and they're going to go, can you see what these kids are? I look The at way that we talk, where we're like, can you believe what we did and the attitude that we yeah. had? They're going to look back and be like, remember when that big thing happened Dude, and we were just in spring break? I was, like, I'm ashamed of myself that I was yeah. that person. I was 14 and I didn't even realize it, but I had unintentionally cut my hair like T-Boz from TLC. I had some crazy hair parted. I was like, that was a weirdo. <laughs> I really don't want to admit to that, but the fact is, you've already like, admitted on a previous podcast. Yeah, so but it's what I'm saying is, like, give up, cut them some slack. Um, definitely correct that mentality around you. But again, do it in a way that's not just shaming them. Yeah, to just be like, I can't believe how selfish you are for acting yeah. that way. They're not going to be like, oh, gee, I didn't realize that. Like, sure. no, they're not going to change. We like, don't value human life when we're younger, like we do when we get older. Because um, you feel invincible when you're that yeah. age. Like, you don't... Yeah. Because my knee-jerk reaction is, well, you little punks, you know? If something happens to my mom, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's all that old man talk, you know? But the fact is, that's not going to get anywhere. So, um, on this, I'm probably a little more lax than I'd normally be. So. I'm not laxed, and I'm young. 
But I think it's also, I can see you have a fair point of, like, defending because, like, maybe not knowing as much. But I also know that, like, this pandemic or this virus has been displayed on multiple social media platforms, whether it's fake news or it's real news. Someone of a younger generation is on their phone and they've seen it. So it's like, how many people need to preach to you that maybe you should take it a little bit more serious, but then you just continue living and, like, obviously protecting the elderly like that's what I do and I think it also depends obviously like how you're raised and like your morals may be different and mine obviously probably are much more different compared to people my age but like even working at the nursing home even if this virus wasn't a thing I would lay my life down at any given time for one of the people that I take care of but it's also different mindsets and so I think the younger people that aren't taking this as seriously haven't had exposure to the reality of, like, the people around them or, like, what what's real in social media and what's going yeah. on. So, like, I think it's fair to cut them some slack, but you also, like, have to educate yourself on things and yes. other people educate you. So it's, like, you can't just use your age as, like, your excuse for being a fucking moron. So. <laughs> fair enough. I would say this. I think it would do them all some good to go to an end-of-life care. Yeah. And and witness for just a little bit what people go through. It would be... But that not that what really makes the younger generation better is as they begin to live more life and they... Mm-hmm. And they... You know, what humbled me was many different experiences where I saw other people's points mm-hmm. of views yeah. and I recognized that, like, wow, I really don't know anything. Like, those were the moments that really defined my character and built it through the moments when I realized like, wow, you know, somebody else's life could be affected by my decisions. And, um, it's, but I hope it's moments like this that like can be eye opening. Cause like, even as I was younger and like, obviously I've grown to learn that I'm not invincible, but I had to see shitty situations or learn shitty lessons to realize like they were right. And I should educate myself and I should take things more seriously from people who know more about it than I do. Like, my man's little brother, when I was over there, probably this week, um, I was like, you should probably be careful hanging around your friends, like, you know, you're probably gonna have to stay inside more, and he's like, what the fuck do I care, I'm young, I'm not gonna get it, and I was like, yeah, well, you know what you do have? You're an arrogant, arrogant fucking little shit, and you're gonna learn, like, so it's like, just quit being stupid, so, I don't know, people just... And after you said that, he changed his mind, right? Of course! He's like, oh, I don't want Angie. <laughs> I just think people need to educate themselves and not just think that, like, just because you're a certain age, like, you're fine. You know, it's not just about you. And that goes for anything in life. It's never just about you. So. Nice. Okay, next question. Do you think that social distancing and the statewide shutdowns will be effective in slowing the spread of this virus? If I believe any medical professionals on the face of the planet, then yes. My sister-in-law, she's my sister, is a physician's assistant, and she's all about, um, what do they call it, something the curve, dropping the curve, flattening the curve. And it makes sense. Like, the less people I communicate with, the less chance I have of spreading this disease to others, the less chance others have of getting it. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So... Yes, I am all about social distancing, besides the fact that us three are sitting here doing a podcast. We're six feet apart. Yeah, we, literally we are a ways apart from each other. But, uh, so I just wanted to say that before 
seeing the initial charts of that flattening the curve where they showed it what that meant i didn't know anything about this and i was like what is this really going to do and then i saw that and i was like oh yeah because the way that my brain works is, is like if it's logical yeah well at least it's worth a shot right and like i said before i hadn't seen any of those charts i hadn't heard them even use the term flattening the curve and i'm like what is any of this going to do and then all of a sudden i saw a chart and then it was just like that click it made sense i'm like that makes sense at least let's try something like that i also didn't have the understanding of the limited number of ventilators that there are mm-hmm. like i guess if you're not in that field you don't work directly in a hospital you don't understand like i thought every hospital room can do all this stuff right and then it's like yeah there's rooms that can do these things and then there's rooms that are just basically a room yeah right so i didn't realize the limitations and when you hear the limitations it's going to do <laughs> the whole hospital the is not an icu yeah yeah and then you see the graphs that talk about like it'll spread it out over a longer period of time it'll put less stress on our healthcare system yeah it makes sense so and if I, we follow this it runs its course quicker rather than be partially quarantined for six months we just shut down for two to three weeks and get over it that makes sense after like you said, as a rational person, when somebody gives me a rational argument, I'm open to listening to it. Because I was a bit of a skeptic at first, you know? I think it's definitely fair. I think it'll probably play a big part in helping, like, flatten the curve. I don't like many people anyway, so social distancing has been easy for me. Um, so I guess, and I've seen, like, memes about that, but I think it's true for a lot of people who live, like, a life of going to work and coming home and have responsibilities, like, you probably don't hang out with people that much, so, like, for me, this hasn't changed a whole lot, um, but I hope that, obviously, I think it's logical, and I think if professionals are the ones telling us to do it, then it's kind of what we need to do to hopefully help other people out, so especially someone working with, like, a vulnerable population. I'm not going to be, like, the jackass at a party and then walk up in there and, like, infect somebody, so. One of my favorite memes of all this is, like, even after this is all over, please continue to remain at least six feet away. Seriously. Okay, next question. Essential workers are still going to work and essential business places are staying open. However, liquor stores are being considered essential and staying open. What are your thoughts on this? Hmm. Well, I just posted something about how parks are not parks are closed, but liquor stores are open. Um, somebody made a really good point, and, and it does bear. It's worthy of mentioning that, um, sadly, in this country, we have enough people that are physically dependent on alcohol to the point where they would need a hospital bed to detox. And to suddenly take that on is overwhelming. It's um, a sad piece of social commentary that there is a, a large enough group of people in our country that are suffering from alcoholism to the point where they would need hospitalization to stop and it's more convenient for us to just leave the liquor stores open and allow those people to continue to suffer. Um, it's heartbreaking. But the fact is, it now does make sense. Sad, but it makes sense. It all, it all is the lens that you view it through. So me, as somebody who doesn't drink, I haven't drank alcohol in, well, since Kieran's been born, so at least eight years. Uh, 
to me, I'm like, what the hell? That doesn't make any sense. Like, oh, just so people can still have a good time. But if you're the person who does have a problem with alcohol, right? You're, you're an alcoholic. And you know, like, I get the shakes. I get the DTs if yeah. I don't have it. Because the thought of things closing down and not and having not heard necessarily this announcement that it'll be open, that is terrifying to you, right? Because yeah. you realize whether you're ready to accept that you need to try and change something or not, you are all of a sudden like, what if I can't get this? I am going to be sick. I'm going to be yeah. sick as a dog, right? Try so it drink is mouthwash the, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, they'll they'll drink things that dude. That, I yeah. work. I got to say this. I work at an ethanol plant. And they talk about stories about, like, I, before liquor was legal on Sundays, there'd be a couple of guys, you know, like, there's a couple times where they had some a couple of guys pull up in a pickup looking around and like, what do you need? Oh, we've just never been out here. You know, all shaky. And like, oh, we've never been out here before. We just wanted to take a look around. And we're like, yeah, there's nothing out here for you. You need to move on. But And, I mean, that's, you know, those stories sound far-fetched, but, man, when you're in the throes of addiction... And withdrawal is so, I remember, like, just for a little bit of perspective, I used to smoke fake weed. And when I first started it, it was fake weed. And I got out of prison one time, and it wasn't fake weed anymore. It was way stronger. I don't know what the chemical composition changed, but it was like heroin. You would nod out. You couldn't even maintain consciousness. And then after smoking it for a week when I quit, I had what seemed to be heroin withdrawals. Um, I like, I couldn't even take a sip of water. My stomach would lock up. I was constant. I had diarrhea horribly. I couldn't control my body temperature. I would throw a blanket on me and I would start sweating profusely. I'd take the blanket off and I'd start shivering and I would end up so dehydrated that I'm in the emergency room getting an IV because I can't take in liquids uh, orally. And I just remembered quitting because I was like, there's a reason I've never done heroin. I don't want to be a junkie. But alcohol withdrawals are actually worse than that. Um, so I can relate to the idea of thinking that the world is coming to an end because somebody just cut off uh, a what you feel is a necessity. So um, I just hope that this shines a little bit of a light on a large population of Americans that are suffering. And hopefully maybe we can do more to try and help. I guess. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of indifferent about it. For the fact that, like, as someone who is now an officially licensed alcohol and drug counselor, I get addiction. I get how it works. Alcohol is still, like, the number one leading legal most used drug in America that people get addicted to easily because it's steadily available, you know. For the most part, it's affordable and it's addictive. But there's also, in the world right now, an opioid epidemic. But the thing is, is, like... You might go through opioid withdrawals, and they're going to suck, but they don't kill you. Alcohol withdrawals can take your life. And so I see for the simple fact of, like, having the liquor stores open for that purpose because a lot of treatment centers aren't allowed to be open right now. And, like, even though they're holding things online, most likely someone who's severely addicted doesn't have, like, a nice laptop to sit down with and, like, get treatment from. But... The other reason I'm indifferent is because for those who aren't addicts and going to the liquor store for that purpose, I'm curious to see if there will be an increase in, like, DWIs and stuff for the people who are just going because it's the only thing to do and liquor's fun and now they're booze cruising 
and bad shit's happening, and I wonder if, like, domestic violence rates will go up, because now we're all just drinking all day, there's nothing else to do, so I guess I'm indifferent in for the fact that I could see why it would be valuable to some people, but for others, it could just lead down another shitty path of, like, I'm bored, I have nothing else to do, so why not drink, there's nowhere to go, so I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. Like I said, it it's what lens you look at look at it through, right? And I think one of the biggest things I've learned in life in general as I get older is trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes or look at it through a different lens, right? So if I look at it through my lens, a guy who, like I said, I haven't drank in eight years, don't drink, I'm like, that's ridiculous. But if I look at it from, hey, I'm the guy who drinks every day and I actually have, you know, physical tremors and things like that, if I don't have it, this is a godsend. So yeah, physical dependency. Um, yeah, that's. I think those are great answers. It's kind of crazy because like there's needle exchange programs and there is one in Mankato. Many people probably don't know, no. but like that's places obviously where you can go. You can get clean needles for like when you shoot up, and it's like the world was prepared for that. You know, like <laughs> uh, we don't want to you know like spread AIDS and have people sharing dirty needles. But it's like there's not a place where you can go and like get the safe amount of liquor to like. You know, so it's just, in a way, I guess the liquor store for an alcoholic is like the needle exchange program for somebody that has to shoot up drugs. So, like, obviously I don't drink all the time. Would I, could I go for a drink here and there? Of course. But obviously you said, like, looking through different lenses, like, it's not just about me. So if someone really needs it to not die, then I guess that's fair. So. Sure. And at the same time, you'll have the people who are just going to be like, hey, the liquor store is still open. They don't need it. But you're also, what would it take to put into place? Like, no, we're only, you got to be shaking so much for us to let you in the door, yeah. right? As everything's shut down, we're also going to put in extra expense to then screen people who come in and really need a, need a bottle of vodka and somebody who's just looking to have fun. And like, I think for people know. that don't have a problem with it, it is socially, it is one of the few things that somebody who, like I said, if you don't have dependency issues, uh, somebody can go out and get some beers and relax in the evening. And is, I mean, I wouldn't recommend doing it every night by any means, but I just mean it is an outlet that people can still grab a hold of a few drinks and relax for the night. And um, I think there's a fair number of Americans who have kids and a lot of responsibilities and uh, still being able on a Friday or a Saturday night to have four or five beer, whatever they, whatever makes them, and they go to bed and they have, you know what I mean? Um, that little bit of a ritual, that little bit of normalcy for people that don't have chemical dependency issues, um, it's part of the freedom of being an American. So, uh, you know, uh, tip back a couple Budweiser's tonight if that's not a problem for you, and uh, it relaxes America. you a little. America, America. Okay, I'm going to kind of switch some of these questions around since we're kind of on the topic of liquor stores. So recently, the name of this virus shifted from the coronavirus to COVID-19. This seemed to have happened due to the sales of Corona beer plummeting. Do you think it's crazy that people would avoid drinking this beer just due to the name? I think it's crazy. Do I think it's outside of, like, when I hear that happen, do I think, like, no way. Like, you hear about what is it? I saw. I thought I saw a number. 
7% of the American population thinks that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Are you for real? That's the same people <laughs> that stop buying a certain type of beer if they were buying Corona before because all of a sudden they think that somehow they're directly linked. <laughs> uh, it's crazy? Yes, I think it's crazy. Is it outside of the realm of possibility? No, it's definitely not. Who was it that you said, I think a person is smart, but people are dumb? Uh, it was a meme I saw of, I believe it's from the first Men in Black, where Tommy yes, Lee Jones, Jones is Jones. saying, like, a person um, can be smart. People in general as a whole are dumb. I I don't like to use this word a lot, but there's I, I've heard the term, in you know who Ayn Rand is? Um, she refers to the dull masses. And, and I don't believe that's the majority of people. But we have to accept the fact that in our population, there are some people who, um, bless their heart, have much less than uh, regular thinking capacity. Those are the kind of people who hear somebody say China virus, see a person of Asian descent and yell, go back to China. You know what I mean? Like we literally have those people in our midst and there's nothing we can do about that. In fact, um, uh, I feel a great deal of pity for somebody who, because um, their lives are usually pretty miserable and they really don't understand cause and effect. And they, <laughs> they cause themselves as much pain as they cause anybody else. But the fact is, that's a real thing. That there are people out there, like you said, that, I mean, that's really amazing. I don't know if it's 7%. Can it, you really? It, I, mean, you I mean, but I'm just saying, that's it crazy. It is a percent. But it there are than, people out it there. It is more that, than zero. Yeah, there are people out there that believe the most ridiculous things. Somebody invited me to one of these groups on Facebook, and like every single post is like, did you see that there's planes flying over New York? Yeah, it's the Patriots that are flying Tom Hanks and all the other pedophiles, uh, you know, and uh, they're offering, they're giving them two choices. You can either commit suicide and we'll not bring up your crimes and we'll just make it look like a, a regular, you died at, you could yeah. Vote, yeah, or we're going to hold a military, worldwide military tribunal and hang you all. Yeah, I don't feel like we're going to come out of this, uh, uh, quarantine and suddenly all of Hollywood is going to have suicided themselves or be publicly executed for their pedophilia. Like that just seems a little bit, uh, you know, a little, but there's hundreds of people in these groups, which tells me that people want to believe stupid shit. So I don't know. For me, it's not that much of a shock. It's really sad. The idea that you could literally decide like, I'm not going to drink Corona until this whole coronavirus thing blows over. You're what's wrong with America. Well, it's the way that things, just thoughts and ideas, like you're saying that those those groups, the thoughts and ideas can spread like wildfire. Yeah. I mean, you could start something where you're like, actually, Charmin toilet paper, Charmin brand, uh, gives you COVID-19. And I guarantee if it caught on, next thing you know, the 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 shelves would be empty except for Charmin would be there. I, I actually and Charmin a, would be doing an ad campaign yeah, like, like ah, we just want to make it clear we're just toilet paper. Yeah, uh, you know? the bears are non toxic. Yeah, but um, I do want to point out one thing real quick. Um, all of here's a really good example of it. Have you guys seen several memes on Facebook talking about how you should not take ibuprofen or NSAID? Just got because a it thing makes sent the, to me yesterday. Yes. about it. Um. They have already said 
that the World Health Organization mistakenly allowed a doctor's opinion to come out that was based on four cases in Italy. And he said, well, these four people took this and it made it worse. And then when they looked back at it, they said, holy shit, there's like a hundred other uh, factors in here. That, that doesn't, you know, and so they go back and they look and they say, there is absolutely no correlation between NSAIDs, non-steroid anti-inflammatory drugs. There's no correlation between that and the symptoms of COVID-19. But go on Facebook and all these people repost it. How many people have actually even bothered to do a 30-second Google search to decide whether what they're posting I'm feeling is a little, accurate or not? I'm feeling a little... I did not do a 30-second Google search, and I'm not risking taking ibuprofen, but that is fair. Brown cows, <laughs> brown cows. Chocolate milk, brown cows. <laughs> but as far as this question goes... I don't have a huge response. I honestly find it amusing. Like, I've seen so many videos, like, people going into the liquor store, and they're like, there's a lot of corona in here. And then it's really just, like, the beer that's by them, or, like, I don't know. I honestly find it amusing. Even though I'm not that old, I've known for a long time the world lacks common sense in all areas. So I'm not surprised that a beer named Corona would lose sales during a time like this. And for the record, Angie won't take ibuprofen if she gets COVID-19. And I won't drink Corona. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, next question. (laughs) A lot of places have been lowering their rent and postponing bills. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are this is another example of humanity, like, shining through. Yes. Uh, because there's places that realize, like, hey, my tenants are out right now. They can't pay their bills. What kind of evil person would you be where you would just be like, ah, oh, guess what? It's the fifth. You don't have my check? Guess what? Well, here's your, your eviction notice, and you're going to be out now. Yeah. Uh, my thoughts are it's a good thing. I'm glad that it's happening. Yes. Um, I personally... Don't need a stimulus check. I have a job that's not being affected by this. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. But I know that there's a large number of people out there that are being affected by this. I, I, My heart is warmed by the idea that there are people out there that have the money and the, and the ability to tell people, don't worry about rent right now. We'll make it right. We'll figure it out. Even without the government promising those people that they're going to make it right with them. That there are people that are just stepping up and saying, forget about rent. Just stay safe. Um, that that reminds me that um, humanity is redeemable. I'm a Christian. And um, I find it uh, heartwarming to know that there are people out there that really care enough um, to put their margin away and their profit, you know, their profit margin away for a little while, and just make sure that people are all right. Um, there probably should be more of it, but the fact that there's any of it is heartwarming. Uh, so yeah, I personally don't need a stimulus check. I would, I would be <laughs> lying if I said I wasn't going to take it when it comes in the mail. 
but there's also people that are saying that it's just simply going to be an advance against your tax return for next year. So I'm like, oh, so you're loaning me my taxes back. The money that you take from me against my will, you're going to loan back to me in a stimulus check. Well, if that's the case, then I am going to keep my stimulus check. If it turns out that it's just free money, um, I've been strongly thinking about donating a portion of it uh, to people. That, and when I say donate, I don't mean to a blank corporation. I know people on my friends list that need help right now. And if I can do that, that's what I would do. In fact, like when I tithe, I don't give it all to the church. I, Throughout the week, if I see somebody that I think genuinely needs a little bit of help, uh, I give some money to them and I take it out of what I tithe to my church because because of my choice. <laughs> I'm not forced to do anything. It's supposed to do it with a grateful heart. So that's what I do. Um, but I love it. I love to see that. My response to this question is that even though I'm someone who won't lose their job, of course I'd like my rent lowered. Like I'd like to you're not have to pay some of my bills too. Yeah. Like You're an opportunist. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but it also makes me think about how like if this wasn't a virus, like if this wasn't like some worldwide thing where we put like directives in place statewide because now every socioeconomic class of every form is being affected that might not have a job it like you said it brings out the good in humanity but yet even when this virus wasn't a thing there's someone who maybe works three jobs and struggles to pay rent maybe someone just went through a horrible divorce like shitty things that happen in people's life it's like would that same shitty landlord be like you know what don't worry about the rent this month. Let me help you pay your bills. And I don't know if that would necessarily be true. I think that in the midst of everything happening, like because it's being enforced, people are like, yeah, I got to step up and do my part. Like people need to see that I'm doing good. But it's like the little things that happened in people's life before this became a thing, like would you still be the same person that would like lend a helping hand? Like people struggle every day. So it's like, it, I don't know. I, I think that, there are definitely those people in the world. Um, but I think that there would also be some that are doing it now just because, well, everyone's doing it. And, exactly. And what kind of asshole would I be if I didn't do it? Right. I had a, a storage unit uh, years ago, and I was really, really tight on money, living paycheck to paycheck, couldn't afford, and I was behind three months or so on the payment. And the guy kept calling me, and I kept dodging his phone calls and dodging his phone calls. And uh, finally, I was just like, I got to answer the phone when he calls. And I told him, and I was like, this is what's going on. Really short on money. Uh, if you got to put a padlock on there, I get it. Like, my, you know, you have the right to do that. Uh, and he said to me, he's like, I've been through tough times myself. I, I know what it's like. If you could get your stuff out of there, could you do that? I mean, like, or are you dependent on the storage unit? Because if you could, forget about what you owe me for the past three months and just have it out by the end of the month. And I was in about tears because I was just like, really? And he's like, I've been there, man. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, put somebody wow. out. I'm yeah. not going to put a padlock on there. And then you're, until you get me the three months back pay and however long it takes you as, as it just keeps accumulating, I own your stuff. He just told me, he's like, just, if you can get it out by the end of the month, don't worry about it. 
Wow. And there's definitely people out there like that. He's but... like, I look through your crap and I don't want it. No, <laughs> just kidding. But I definitely think there's also the people too that are like, I just have to hop on the bandwagon of like doing oh, yeah. it. And then like once this is all over, like fuck you, I might up your rent. So I'm it's like you throw know. Throw it out there. There's a place called Atwood here in town. Yeah. And I was just reading like uh, like screw you Atwood. They just sent a whole bunch of messages out to the people saying like. Uh, stimulus checks are coming, so we're not cutting any breaks. I live at Highland. Uh, um, I got the same email that says, like, I know times are tough, and a lot of you probably can't work. But F you um, pay me. But at this time, we're not lowering our rent prices. Rent is still due on the 5th. Like, find a way, like, to work it out. And it's, like, you know, and, it's shitty, but it's the reality that not everyone, you know, gets that either. Well, and here's what I would say is, instead of cutting everybody a break, right? um... Look what would at, be amazing right. is to say, if you're out of work because of this, please stop into the office and we'll have a conversation. And if you can go in there and show them, hey, my job told me I can't come into work for the next eight weeks. Hey, we got you. We'll work with you. But if you're an es- essential, this that kind of pisses me off too, this whole essential thing. I make ethanol. I'm not that essential. You could pay me for sitting at home. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, but like the fact is, is that um, if you still are getting a full-time paycheck, you don't need uh, a rent reduction right now. It'd be nice. Sure, it sounds good. I don't need a stimulus yeah. check right now. I'm an essential employee. My paycheck comes. So help the people that need it. I, I like the idea of the stimulus because it's helping everybody. But the fact is, I don't need it. I don't need it. I'm good right yeah, now. And I understand that. But I, I was listening to a show and they were talking about like, well, they should do it on a they should try to do it in a way that if you need it, you can get it. Oh, that would make it but so difficult. I work for government. I work for yeah. the state government. I know oh. what the bureaucracy is. Oh, yeah. The amount of cost it would take to implement somebody to, to regulate and do it. that yeah. would equal or be greater to the cost to send everybody an equal check. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because so, the government is the most inefficient way to do anything. So, so I, I'm so, with you. Yeah, I'm I get that you. it makes sense to just be like, no, everyone gets it. Um I got an email in regards to where I live, and they had said basically late fees will be waived. So they're not saying like it's it's waiving like the rent, but they're saying late fees will be waived. And on a, a case by case basis, if you talk to us, we'll do what we can to work with you. Yeah. So I, I, I like really that. like that. I like that. I like the idea of it being more personal in the private sector. You're right. The government cannot do that. They're just it's just way overwhelming. But the idea that private sector people say, "Hey, come in and have a conversation." If you, you know, if you quit your job, get lost. You know, come on, man, we're not. And if you're still making your full paycheck, that's not, you know, like like you said, Angie, it'd be nice. But let's be realistic and let's make sure we focus on the people that need it. Yeah. And if we have that mentality, um, we're gonna make it through this. Okay, next question. This one is kind of long. Okay. It says, I've heard multiple theories or reasons the so-called virus has happened. Was it eating an undercooked bat? Was it created in a government lab? Is it population control? Or is God trying to teach us all a lesson? Within Chronicles, in the chapter God Appears to Solomon again, it states, Whenever I hold back the rain or send locusts to eat up the crops, or send an epidemic on my people. If they pray to me and repent and turn away from the evil they have been doing, then I will hear them in heaven, forgive their sins, and make their land prosperous again. 
So what do you think? Do you think that this virus has anything to do with God? Um, yes. Nothing happens under the sun that is not in God's Yeah, that he sees everything, that he knows. He knew before he laid the foundations of the universe that COVID-19 was going to happen in the year 2020. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant to read Second Chronicles and apply it to today. Um, you have to understand that Second Chronicles was written by a people that were tribally men. Mm -hmm. Imagine this, uh, we talk about third world countries and like the idea that they'd throw a virgin into a volcano to appease God so that he'd let the crops grow. Uh, that's a very old tribalistic way of looking at things. Do I think that the Bible is fallible? By no means. Um, but I think there was times back then where, uh, this is before the time of Jesus, this is before the new covenant, um, the way that that was written was a call to repentance for people. And where God says, um, I will allow my judgments on the people. But in the New Testament, I don't find anywhere where God says, blame a hurricane on me. Or I caused that. I believe he allows things. But even in his judgment, there is mercy. Even in his wrath, there is mercy. COVID-19 is an opportunity for every single person on this planet to recognize their mortality, to recognize their uh, susceptibility and their weakness, and their opportunity to get on their face before their creator and to say, oh, I have been arrogant in your eyes, and I'm sorry for the way that I have acted. Please look on me with kindness and forgiveness. And I believe that we have a creator that is constantly calling us to that state to get on our face and recognize our wretchedness outside of him and to simply ask for forgiveness and then to stand up and to do our best um, to, live in the, to live in relationship to him. So for right now, I wouldn't say I have a different way. Okay, so you read a, a, a loose tra a modern translation. Um, I believe it was NIV says Second uh, Chronicles 714. You can check me on that. Uh, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. I think there's so much beauty in that statement. And what he's saying is that no matter what's going on on the earth, it's not about focusing on whether he's doing it or not. It's about recognizing that it's happening in the moment and recognizing that he has the power to change it at any given time. And what he's looking for, he says the eyes of the Lord seek throughout the earth for people that uh, are willing to serve him. That his ears are attuned to the cry of the righteous, to the people that are crying out to him. He's listening. So my thing in this is simply... Look at it from the perspective of a God who allows things to happen to bring people closer to him. My theology might not be perfect, but I, I love the idea of the narrative of a loving God who is just waiting for you to call on him 
Um, it's not a God who is throwing out a virus to scare everybody. I don't believe that for a second. So, my opinion. Could be wrong. I don't know. What's your thoughts, Angie? Um, well, Garrett, you are a beautiful disciple, and my words will not be near as good as that was. Well, that's because you don't read the Bible if you're heathen. <laughs> oh, I'm a heathen. I'm kidding. Um, I don't, I think this, as someone who, like, does believe in God and prays often, um, I'm not, I think for people in a time like this where it is kind of, like, um, panic-provoking, like, there's a lot of anxiety, like, this is a good time for people to maybe seek God, because God's not always gonna come to you. There has to be times where, like... He says, I will be found by you. Exactly, where you have to reach out, and so, like, for me during this time, I might not necessarily, like be reaching out, you know, for myself, but it's for other people hoping like they can find something that gets them through a shitty time. But I don't know, like necessarily if God's like trying to teach us some lesson in humanity. Um, I do think that some verses do translate well and to like currently what's happening. Um, but I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Like I definitely can, like, get down with some conspiracy theories, um, but for me, I think, unfortunately, like, H1N1 and the Spanish flu, this is something that happened that no one was really prepared for, um, and so I guess we have to see how it plays out, but I, I would not, like, get up on a soapbox and just be like, this is strictly God's doing, like, this whole virus is biblical-related, um, you need to, like, repent, like, save yourself now, like, I just don't think it's that. So sure. I just want to point out one thing. In the Bible, when bad things happened, it was never to teach a lesson. Right. It was always a call to repentance. It was always an invitation to get to know your creator better. It was always him saying, come to me. I've got what you need. I've got everything that you need. Just come to me. It was never, this will teach you. It was never, right. you better figure it out. It was never, this is what you get. It was always, I'm here. Right. I'm here. And, like, I agree with you. And, like, as I was saying, like, I don't think it's, like, God yeah. trying to teach some lesson to us as, like, people. And I hope this is a time where maybe people can, like, gain a little more faith. Like, I think with everything nice going on, like, that gives me a little bit more faith that, like, there's humanity out there. Like, unfortunately, something like this had to happen, but, like, I like I said I agree with you in the fact that like I don't think this is some lesson and yeah. I doubt that there will be people that are like yeah I have to seek God during this time but hopefully you know for some they will so well after nine eleven our churches were fuller than they've been in fifty years that's true but now at this time churches aren't even churches even allowed to churches are closed them. every single <laughs> night of the week the Saint James Assembly of God Church on Facebook goes live yeah. and plays some praise and worship songs reads scripture and and finishes with prayer for all of which for I think is wonderful too like I tuned into my hometown's church service last Sunday and like there's something comforting about like you can't be there but, like, you still get to, like, experience this how you'd want yeah. to. Well, wherever we're gathered together, he's there. So yeah. it, he gave us this technology. For anybody that thinks that the Internet and all of this technology was just was just man's great endeavor, nothing happens outside of God. This is all um, the blessings of God. Whether we use it as a blessing or a curse is up to us. But um, 
We live in a time of unbelievable grace. Air conditioning is grace. But I would definitely say that, like, too, like, this is for sure just our opinion. Because there's definitely people probably listening that are like, yeah, like, you guys are full of shit. Like, no, 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 this is fact. I'm biblically correct. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally well, Garrett's kidding. correct. I'm totally Angie kidding. Angie and I, it's just opinion. I'm totally kidding. No, He's a good disciple. It's full opinion. I will say this, though. Think about this for two seconds. In the last 70 years, our lives have become so convenient that our forefathers would have literally um, thought it was witchcraft to turn on a faucet and feel hot water in 30 seconds, to turn a gauge and have the house go to 70 degrees one way or the other. Do you realize that our elderly population used to die off many years before simply because of a heat wave in the summer and there was nothing they could do? So... You know, can you imagine what it's like to bathe in a river in July and then imagine bathing in that same river in January? Like, recognizing the comforts that we have in this life, the comfortable shoes that we wear, the clothes that we have that breathe in the summer and insulate in the winter, um, our living conditions. When you take your shoes off and walk across your soft carpet, when you uh, hop into your bathroom and um, take a warm shower, and you have a nice soft blanket to dry off with. We have it very good. We are very blessed. Out of all the time throughout all of history, you were blessed to be born in this era of comfort, in a country of opulence. There were many, many, many generations of people before us that lived and died in slavery and never once got to experience the grace of freedom, the uh, joys of technology, or the fruits of abundance. So keep it in mind that even in this uh, virus, that we are incredibly blessed. That our Creator chose to give us our life at this time, in this place. Uh, we have so much more to be thankful for than we have to be worried about or upset about. I'll get off my soapbox now. All right, my turn. Yeah. So this is going to pale in comparison to both of yours. Um, I don't think, as both of you have stated, that this is something that has been done as like a lesson to teach us a lesson. Like you said, it's never been like, oh, this will teach you. Yeah, this is what you get. Um, I do hope that people will use this as an opportunity to connect with their creator, to connect with God. And to understand that it doesn't have to be something of a pandemic-level proportion for him to be there for you. Like, yes. he's there for you all the time. Unfortunately, people get caught up in life. There's so many distractions. All the things that you're talking about that are blessings are also distractions. Yes. It's so easy to try and keep your mind focused on this is what I need to do. And then all of a sudden, ooh, shiny thing over here. Ooh, the PlayStation 5's coming out. Let me go down the rabbit hole on the internet and read all about what that's going to be like. Uh, TikTok videos, Angie. Exactly. Uh, there's so many different things that distract us. And for the most part, we get along fine in life, right? Without all of a sudden going to a store and seeing empty shelves, we're like, I'm fine. with. I'm fine. I'm doing fine on my own. I'm adulting. Right? Uh, but now you have things where all of a sudden things are hard and maybe people will 
use this as an opportunity to reach out, whether you're somebody who's never reached out before or you're somebody who has and just hasn't in a long time. I've gone, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. I have been a believer for 20 some, 27 years, I guess. Uh, but there's been times where I've gone years without really praying. And then I've gotten to points in my life where things were tough and I kind of reached out and I prayed and God just said like, yeah, I've always been here. And I even said to myself, <laughs> I was like, I should have done this sooner. And he kind of was just like, yeah, well, I was here. Like, you know, I hadn't <laughs> gone anywhere. Uh, so again, I hope it, that people will use this as a way to be able to reach out and connect with God, whether you have before or not. He's there not just in the bad times, but in the good times. And I, like I've always said, God the Father, it's like me as a father, even if I didn't talk to one of my kids for years, if they would reach out to me and they were really in need and they weren't just trying to manipulate me, right? I would be there and I would do anything for them. And that's why I think of it like that. It's God the Father. He's there for you. And he wants to hear about, he wants to hear from you in the good times as well. But, and if you read the Bible, you'll see that that's where his heart is. There's always restoration to you. I'm your dad, and I love you. Just come home. That's that's his whole message through the Bible. Not to interrupt you in any way, but no, you're absolutely no, that, right. Yeah, that just, that's exactly the way that I viewed it. And so, as far as, and you had said it yourself, like people using this as a reason to maybe reach out. That reaching out doesn't necessarily have to be, obviously it can't be going into a physical church, but it doesn't even necessarily need to be doing one of these online Facebook Live things. Like, well, I missed it. Like, I, when when's their next service online? Like, just talk to them. They He's post there, it on the know? wall. You can go watch it anytime. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's funny about that is that there's a correlation to God's always there. Exactly. Waiting. Yeah. You can just go to the wall anytime. He's there. So I like what you said, though. Okay, there's two more questions. So, um, do you think that this virus will lead to the end of the world? Ooh. No. Will it lead Mike directly dropped. to the end of the world? Like, all of a sudden, this will turn into 90% of the population is dying off. Uh, and we're in, like, some Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome type situation. No. Uh, at this point now, just the U.S. really being affected uh, about three weeks in, or at least things being shut down for about two weeks or so. No. Get back to me in a month, <laughs> and I may have a different response. Uh Sadly, um, unlike the Depression, I think that most people won't learn a lesson from this. I think we'll return to what America considers normal, and we'll wait for the next time that it happens. Hopefully the government won't recognize this as an opportunity in the future to control the population, if that's not what's going on this time. Um, but I am a believer in the Bible. I'm a believer in the Book of Revelation. I don't study it a lot. In fact, me and Kier had a talk, and I told him, because Kier's always like looking to me for like, oh, what does the Bible say about such and such? And usually I, I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on what it says. I don't do a lot of studying in Revelation because a lot of it is um, figurative speech. But I do know that uh, there are some things that have to happen in the Middle East, especially Israel, before the book of Revelation uh, could really take any context 
to the end of times. One thing that's scary to me is that I don't see anywhere in the book of Revelation where the United States of America could even be interpreted as entering. Like there's, we're not in there. And I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I know that there's a lot of other things that need to happen before biblically the end of the world happens. So I take comfort in the fact most Christians want you to believe the end of the world can come tomorrow. Um, I believe that it's a cheap sales tactic to build urgency. That most Christians probably wouldn't like and appreciate me saying that, but I'd rather be honest than buy into a uh, theology um, that creates urgency. The fact is, I believe I'm not going to see the end of the world in my lifetime, but I better be prepared for it if it does happen. COVID-19 is simply a learning lesson. It's an opportunity to get closer to God, and it's an opportunity for people to recognize how complacent we've become, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's kind of just another bump in the road that will get past, like, throughout history, like, you know, there was the plague and, like, other things, like, in a sense like this have happened, and you've lived through it, and you've learned lessons, and you keep moving forward. Um, so I'm sure for some people it kind of might feel like the end of the world. Like, I know all these doomsday preppers are, like, in your face, bitches. Like, we've been prepared yeah. for this for years. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I definitely don't think it's the end of the world. Um, I think we'll probably get through it. It might be a while. But all I know is, like, if it does come to the end of the world and, like, zombies don't become a thing, then I got cheated out of the end of the world and I'll be pissed. So. <laughs> okay, last question. Um, what is some advice for others during this time? I'll go first. Um, be the good in this world. Live in the spirit of the people who are cutting brakes in rent. Live in the spirit of the people that are sharing toilet paper. Live in that spirit of people that are, um, in no way am I bragging, but on Sunday, I'm going to help somebody fix their dryer. We're going to practice social distancing. I'm going to come in, look at the dryer, do what I can, and leave. We're not going to sit on a couch together. The fact is, be, be the, um, be the change. Be a, you know what? Be the reason that somebody walks away from this, going, man, there's still good in this world, and I want to be a part of that. And draw your strength from God. Recognize that. Apart from him, you can do nothing. Just recognize that this is a call from your creator um, to get closer to him. In my, and, and, and I'm, not on, I'm not trying to be on a soapbox. I'm not trying to force you into any kind of a belief system. But I will say this. Um, if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I and I will heal their land. What he's basically saying there is, if my people come to me, I will I will take care of them. Um, so more than anything, draw your strength from God and give your strength to others. And if you do that, man, it, it's going to get better. Um, serving God isn't about having a happy ending. It's about being happy in whatever ending it is.
I would tie into that and just say with your idea of being the good in the world, belief in God or not, use this opportunity to be that good in the world and you're going to find it if you haven't ever done it before in your life. You're going to find more fulfillment and a better feeling yes. just in general in doing that, in helping somebody less fortunate than you are if you're the person who's like, I'm just thinking about me right now. I don't care. I'm not thinking about anyone else, but I'm going to buy as much stuff as I can, and I am going to just hunker down and, and only think about me. Yeah, that might you may have a, a sense of uh, safety that you've got everything you need, but you're going to have a better feeling in your heart in general, whether you believe in God or not, any of that, just by trying to be good and helping others. Um, those were super genuine. I think you could both be Miss America at this point. Um, my advice is not that. My advice is wash your hands. And your ass. <laughs> Coronavirus! <laughs> no, but seriously, okay. You should wash your hands. Practice the social distancing, but stay in touch with those that you love, even if you can't necessarily, like, hang out with each other. Um, if you have days off, you better be watching The Tiger King on Netflix. Um, but yeah, like you guys said, just like, be the good in this world. Do what you gotta do. If you're an essential employee, keep busting your ass and helping out where you can. Help your neighbors out. Um, and don't be a selfish asshole. Like, some of us actually need toilet paper. Yes. Um, that's all I'm gonna say. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. So... Want, since we do have a little bit And of don't time, come to the nursing homes! We do have a little bit of time left. Yeah. Um, can we get your best Cardi B coronavirus? Coronavirus! Coronavirus! I'm not playing along. I'm sorry. Alright, so that's going to wrap up uh, this episode. Thanks all for listening. Should I even include the email address that nobody ever emails me at? Um, um, it's contact us at wadetheelephant.com. There's also a website that I spend a lot of money on. Well, not, not a ton of money, but it was enough. A loser! Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for the five people that actually listen to this. Um, we'll try and get another episode out soon. Want to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. God bless you. Later. Coronavirus! <laughs>